sec. Welcome to the first edition of the CNL show. This will be a primarily college basketball show, but it it's going to have its moments where we talk about other sports, which is how we're going to start today off. But I'm Colby, the C in the CNL. I'm, I'm Leland, the L in the CNL. And well, let's get with some introductions. So Leland, you can go first. <laughs> Tell us about your favorite teams and a little bit about yourself. Uh, I originally come from San Francisco, San Jose area. I'm going up to UNT for a music degree, actually, out of all things. But sports has always been kind of a hobby, a passion for me. Um, I think my first favorite team has always been the Niners. I've been, I've been donning their, their gear since like 2012, 2013, um, just been holding strong through their days without Jim Harbaugh, just kind of their struggles, their tanking games, their tanking seasons, actually, sorry. And yeah, I'm really excited to see what they can do in the playoffs. Other than that, my other favorite teams is my alma mater, UNT. Um, just hoping that someday that their programs see some, some limelight and uh, some good, good things happen. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, I'm still looking for some other teams to cheer on. Um, first of all, college basketball favorites, of course, are UNT and um, Kansas and UConn. All solid options right there. So I'll just go ahead and go with mine. I'm Colby. I also go to the University of North Texas, but I study data science. So pretty lame right there. Favorite teams, of course, I'm a much bigger college basketball person than Leland is. It's no secret there, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm taking a favorite. It's going to be UNT. They're always, they've been solid under McCaslin for the past four or five years. But other than them, because they always will get a bias, I really like UConn this year and Wyoming. They're bad this year, comparative to last year. But the Dome of Doom will never not be a full <laughs> stadium. And I love the Dome of Doom so much. Anytime we can get Dome of Doom, we're getting Dome of Doom. Uh, Pro-wise, of course, the Mavs and the Stars. Stars, great this year. Still top of the West, even losing yeah. last night to the Kings. And then Mavs fourth in the West right now on a 8-2 and two in their last 10. But So transitioning from teams we like. What is one of your favorite moments in sports of all time? Any sport, anything. Ooh, that's a rough one. Uh, I didn't really think about that that often. But, I mean, with the limited time I've spent on this earth, uh, I'm just going to go with just this recent run by Brock Purdy right now. I know I'm a little a little biased um, about that. I know there are some other great sports moments out there, but I mean, this season he's just been like doing some unimaginable things uh, as Mr. Irrelevant, as the very last pick in the draft, and is looking to make a really good legacy out of the 49ers like he did with Iowa State. He did the exact same thing. He was third string, fourth string, 
and he ended up breaking all the web records at I-State when he was there. Um, so while there is probably some other memorable sports moments, um, that's, the all, that's the one I can remember right now. Brock Purdy just making his way back in here somehow, some way. But, I mean, he's doing a lot of good things at San Francisco, so he should start over Trey Lance, and I'm not changing that opinion. Favorite moment for me, oof, it's also a toughie because I'm also a Packers fan, so I've at least got to see a Super Bowl win in my lifetime. (laughs) But I'm going to have to go. I'll stick basketball. It's game two, 2011 finals. The last six and a half minutes when Mavs go 22 to two run and then seal game two in Miami and then go on. Drop the next one, but then win four straight, win the title. That's, but specifically game two in that last six and a half minute stretch. So transitioning from that, we've got college basketball to talk about. We got a bunch of slates for Thursday and Saturday. And we got a ton to talk about. So let's begin. It's it's gonna be a little CUSA heavy. No reason at all. They're a good <laughs> league. They have five wink, wink. top one. They have like five top one hundred programs right now. That's pretty solid. They have UAB is sixty first in net. Actually, UAB, they jumped up to fifty one. They jumped up to fifty one. I'm they jumped up Kim to fifty one. So they've jumped uh, up. Basically, have top 50 programs playing right now you've got fau who is 11 last i checked would be nice if unt had beaten them and made that jump up into probably the high high 30s maybe low 30s but i don't is what it is yeah so for that first breakdown we're gonna start with unt at western kentucky it's been a slippery slope the past couple of years for Stansbury at Western Kentucky, and no one is going to tell you otherwise. It's been gone. It's been going downhill real fast. But yeah, I I agree. They've dropped four straight to Middle Tennessee, Rice, and let's see, Louisville and Scar. So, like you they said, they get to be. They get to be that team that lost to Louisville for the first time this year. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's not going to change. <laughs> I mean, the, the big thing with this game is that it is at the Diddle in Bowling Green. So it's a tough place to play. North Texas they, prior to last year. Did they play them at at their home, home game last year? They did. It was the first time they'd won in the Diddle. In, like, in the Diddle? Six years. Yeah, it's the diddle. It's it's a great arena. Well, I still think that I mean, if they if they're able to do that last year, which WKU last year was a marginally better team than they are this year, I still think they can do it again. Yeah, I think they got they got the defense. You know, they just we just need to continue with the offense, the shooters. Three pointers, um, and then the fouls. Yeah, North Texas offense is something that's it's either 
nonstop and they're going to be hitting 40% of their threes yeah, or they're going to be missing every wide open shot they get. Yeah, it's it's super inconsistent from what I've seen. It's always a roller coaster of emotions for for us whenever we watch those games. Yeah, you can go um, back last week when they played FAU. They had six missed open threes and then in the last four and a half minutes of the game, they didn't score a point with a couple wide open opportunities for them and then missing at the free throw line, which has always been a struggle of this team. You can go back even farther probably to the NIT games against Texas state and Virginia, um, Texas, that first game against Texas state, they gave up a slew of points and it was up to Tyler Perry to bring it back with 10 unanswered points. Let's say in the last like couple minutes of the second half to put it into OT, including um, a, a foul, a three-pointer plus a foul. Um, and then Virginia, they gave up 10 unanswered points in the start of the second half and had to bring it back to overtime again, um, which then they lost. Yeah, that was a heartbreaker right there. I still have feelings about that game. Wide open three from Ardres McBride, who was on a hot streak that game. Right yeah. in the corner. Should have taken it. Send it all home. But let's uh, break out some of the key players here. We've got Jamarian Sharp, that seven foot five giant Jesus. of a man. <laughs> Seeing that man just be in the paint, fully planted, and just not even run two steps, and he's basically at the three point line, able to close out and block three point shooters, is a feat that I've never really seen. Bull Bull never did that. And Bull Bull was taller. Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> it looks like yeah. Tyler Perry's going to have a pretty rough time with him. Especially with Tyler Perry having that tendency to want to get the screen and switch onto the big man, which yeah. in the last game against WKU, he was able to get after that first couple goes around at trying to get Jamarian Sharp off of it, uh, onto him and then get a shot through him. He was able to adjust and make it work. I think this game will come more down to the paint presence with good old Abu Usman from Usman. That man is going to have to keep up in the paint. He started off the season really slow and then progressively has gotten better. He dropped 37 with no three-point shots against UTSA about two weeks ago. If he can keep going... I think it's going to be an easy win for North Texas, especially with the switches that they like to do to get a smaller man yeah. guarding him. If you take the seven, five sharp off of that equation, Abu should be able to just go. Yeah. Right just, just let him loose and just let him do the hook shots. He's really good at doing. And then also for WKU, you've got Davian McKnight, who's averaging 16 points a game, which is solid. He's their leading scorer. He's really able to score from anywhere on the floor. So if you can just shut him down with someone like Tyree Edie or Kai Huntsbury on the right. defensive end, you'd probably be solid. And then you also have the, the the power forward in this situation of Aaron Scott, who has been streaky the past couple of weeks. But when he's on, no one's stopping him. He has an incredible drive to the basket. He's good at shooting free throws. A little temperamental sometimes. We'll say that, but 
Yeah. So far as prediction goes, what you got? You did the original prediction, but I'm going to have to kind of um, – I'm probably going to give more of a score towards UNT than to UNT than to WKU, I'm going to have to give, let's see, 73 to 61. 73, 61. All right. Solid. My prediction will be North Texas 65, WKU 58. I think being another low-scoring game, as most games against North Texas are. All right. And then staying with Conference USA, we've got the UAB Blazers at the FAU Owls. Now, this – now, this, if anything, is the game of the week for CUSA. Um, just two big powerhouses um, just going up against each other. Of course, you got on UAB side, you got Jelly Walker, the top national scorer right now, averaging 25 points per game. It's going to be it's, – it's hard to stop him. It's always been hard to stop him. It was hard to stop him last season, too. What do you think about Jelly Walker this year? He's just gotten better and better. He's probably the best pure scorer at the guard position in college basketball, and I don't think it's hard to argue against that. He can create his own shot. He constantly hits those half-court just like end-of-quarter threes that you would just toss up, but he's doing that two seconds, three seconds into the shot clock right after crossing the plane and makes them with a relatively high percentage rate which is also his downfall though. There's been games in the past where he's just tried doing that and they're not falling for him. So then he has to resort to driving into the lane and getting like physical with the other team, which is going to exhaust him. But I, I don't see this game hitting the under at all. There's no line for the under yet, but take the over, whatever it is. Because <laughs> I don't think, I think first team 75 wins the game. If not first team to 80. Yeah, it's it's probably going to be towards 80. Both teams are averaging about more than 80 points per game. FEU 78, UAB about 86. So it's it's going to be a, a shooting fest for for both of them. I I think paint presence will be one of the big things. You've got Flag Golden at FAU. He's very solid at 7-1. Then you got KJ Buffett on the other end for UAB, who is a solid paint presence. It's going to, I think it'll really come down to guard play and then that post play. The interconnectivity of the two is going to be key because I think maybe Jelly puts up like 18, 19, KJ Buffett puts up 19, 20. Something like that has to happen, I think, for UAB to be able to win the game. And then the same thing goes for FAU. Yeah, just some kind of consistency in the second half is what I'm getting here. So my prediction, For me. I think, I think UAB's pulling this one out by the skin of their teeth. 81-78 UAB. It's going to be close. It's going to be very close. And if anyone like Jelly Walker or Elijah Martin, if any of those players just foul out, it's, you know, that game's going to go one-sided, so... To be very careful. I'm going to probably go a little bit higher as well. I'm going to say UAB 86, FAU 84, 83. Solid, solid. All There's right. also the potential next... to go into overtime as well. 
So that's what I'm also taking into account. All right, next slate we have UNLV at New Mexico. New Mexico New did Mexico. lose their first game to Fresno State in a nail biter. Which, out of anything, that's that kind of shocked me. Um, it it was a surprise. They... All right. Anyways, uh, UNLV at New Mexico. Um, New Mexico losing its first game to Fresno State, which was a huge surprise to everybody in the world of college basketball, especially with New Mexico on such a great hot streak we've seen. But um, I think the big one, the big question, my bad, here is are New Mexico frauds? You think that they can go all the way, especially with such an explosion, explosive start they've had, what do you think? I don't think New Mexico are frauds. I think the Lobos, they just tripped a little once they started to play. I think they're fine. They're in the Mountain West. It's going to be okay. I think they're going to handle business against UNLV. I, even though I think it'll be a close game, I think that UNLV is more of a fraud at their current sitting at, what are they? They are good old 11 and three. I think they could have a couple more losses in that column. And they're going to get another one with New Mexico falling, with them beating New Mexico. So probably their conference play is 0 and 2 right now. Um, So they are definitely struggling in the Mountain West. But that is kind of to be expected. A lot of Mountain West has positive, um, positive win losses right now. I mean, you've got one of the strongest mid-major conferences with the Mountain West. You've got Colorado State. You've got San Diego State. You've got – I know they're not great this year, but you've got Wyoming. Again, the Dome of Doom is coming. <laughs> the Dome of Doom. <laughs> the Dome of Doom is coming. And you also got Boise State, which is they're, – they're doing okay. And then you've got I'm the chilling. fun San Jose State with their new court, which is really nice, which I love so much. Wish we could have played San Jose State in San Jose. In San but, Jose. It's, it's a nice, if you haven't seen it, it's a nice uh, little motherboard court with blue ah! accents around it. I guess your dog didn't agree to that. Benji did not agree with the takes on the San Jose State court, but he still does not. Give me one second. Dude, on that. He is a rock. As I was saying before, I so rudely interrupted about the San Jose court. It's so beautiful, and I love it so much. But the Mountain West is solid. Not but as beautiful. Not as beautiful as the Dome of Doom, but you know. I mean, the Dome of Doom is on another level. <laughs> it's a dome. It's full of doom. What else needs to be said? But I don't think UNLV really has much of a shot. I think it's going to be a New Mexico like revenge game basically just to take out that frustration so yeah to restabilize themselves as a top contender i mean with uh new mexico you have two players both averaging 17 points and then another player averaging 15 points a game so you've got three solid scorers right there opposed to the only 
UNLV player in double digits averaging for scoring with 16 with EJ Harkless. So I don't see also New Mexico some, having enough. You also got some great shooters too. One, yeah, I, you know, Jay, um, you got Jalen House averaging almost 50% at the three-pointer, which is just astounding to me. I don't know whether that's that's really good or I think it's New Mexico's that good this year. I don't see UNLV being able to match them. Like they I don't think they can go shot for shot with New Mexico, and that's inevitably what's going to probably gonna have to happen. Because UNLV's defense isn't that stellar. So I I just seeing it be New Mexico kind of it, it'll probably be close at the beginning and then New Mexico's just gonna pull away. I'm going New Mexico 78, UNLV 60. Uh, I'm probably going to have to agree with that score. I would say New Mexico 78 or 80, and UNLV maybe even lower, like a 58, 59. Oh, you know, it just depends on how how good the New Mexico defense can hold that up, but it doesn't have to be um, that serious of a defense just because of how explosive their offense can be. Yeah, but next game on the slate, you know where we're going. We're going to the Dome of Doom. The Dome of Doom. Wyoming hosting San Diego State. Now, as much as I love Laramie, Wyoming, and the Cowboys, they have no chance. I, They're nowhere near the same team they were. I've said it a couple times already. San Diego State should be ranked. I'm going to be adamant about that. They constantly receive the votes. I think a couple key wins during conference play will definitely boost them up there. But I think I think the Aztecs are just going to blow them out here. Even though Even in, I want it to be close. It's the Dome of Doom, which gives them a chance. The Dome of it Doom. Wild stuff happens in the Dome of Doom. But so you're saying you're saying that Wyoming could possibly pull a Rutgers here and they've just got a, chance. a massive upset. They've got a chance. The dome has magical properties that cannot be explained. So I think it's gonna be close, maybe, depending on how the dome is feeling that day. I don't think the team has much to say on this. It's really what the dome wants. Yeah. The dome runs the Wyoming program. Let's be honest here. The dome <laughs> prays for Noah Reynolds, then it's a, it's a possibility. Yeah. No. So I'll I just take it... your word for it. I'll just, just have the dome decide what may happen today and just. Yeah. I think the dome is the biggest factor. If Wyoming can get the dome rocking, it's going to spell doom for San Diego State. Yeah. So, <laughs> but. I think dark horse candidate to win the Mountain West com- uh, the conference tournament would be Wyoming, but you also then have New Mexico, San Diego State, San Jose. You've got some solid teams in there, but I could see a run outside of the Dome going well for Wyoming. But I'm, I think I'm going to have it close. I think the Dome's going to be feeling good that day. So I'm going to go San Diego State 67, Wyoming 64. They're going to miss a buzzer beater. Something's going to happen wild there. What do you think? I think I'm going to go in the more of the classic 
just let college basketball take its course. I'm going to go with San Diego, 73, Wyoming, 58. You're going to do them that dirty in the dome? I'm sorry. I mean, underplaying the dome. I'm don't. Hey, I have to go with kind of the other side of the coin here. (laughs) You're going with the Dome of Doom, giving the thumbs, the thumbs up. I'm going the Dome of Doom, giving the thumbs down. Or is it whatever the other way around? Thumbs down, thumbs up. If you want to, if you think the dome's going to be mean, I'll, I'll, I'll let you believe that. All right, the next one up after the Leland's abysmal take on the Dome of Doom, saying it won't favor Wyoming. We're going to take a little break from the mid majors and we're going to jump it up to Purdue at Ohio State. It's the Zach Eady show. That's, that's really all it is. <laughs> there are other players on that Purdue team. They're not that relevant comparative to that man who is probably going to be national player of the year. I don't think there's much competition, like, because there's really not any other standouts as much as there has been. Yeah. I think Ohio State has been making some decent runs against some other teams like Rutgers and North Carolina, um, but I just don't see them trying to beat Zach E. Although ESPN says otherwise. Very surprisingly, but well, I still think it's going to be Purdue. I think Purdue's got it. They're going to stay number one after this win. Probably going to be I something agree. like 84 67. Purdue. So, even though maybe they a little have... bit, I was going to say it's probably going to be a little bit closer, in my opinion. Um, although, not a good one. Uh, I'm going to go 78-63. Okay, okay. I do see Purdue doing what they've done the past couple of years and making the NCAA tournament and losing to a mid-major for a third straight year. First, it was North Texas. Then it was the glorious run of the St. Peter's Peacocks. <laughs> and let's, let's stick with birds. They're going to lose to FAU in the first round. Somehow, someway, that's, that that's going to be the matchup. That would be Maybe. a sight to see. Well, it might have to be the second round because I don't see Purdue falling out of the top four by then. So maybe Neither. second round because two bid CUSA still alive unless they eat themselves alive, which is possible because very possible. It's CUSA. Wild things happen in that conference. But next up, we've got the number nine ranked Gonzaga against San Francisco in San Francisco, which nice. The West Coast Conference has a couple more contenders than normal this year. You've, of course, got Gonzaga and St. Mary's, but San Fran's not, they're not too bad. They're holding their own. Until they get to conference play. Yes, that's what I was going to say. They're a bit, they're a bit consistent with some things and inconsistent with others. I always see them be a top mid-major, a top dark horse on everybody's radar, but once the big dance comes, um, they just kind of fall apart, and I just don't see them anywhere apart from non-conference play and sometimes some conference play. 
They are 0-2 in conference, by the way, as well. This is true. But, I mean, Portland's also 0-2 in conference, and Portland should have upset North Carolina once that started. I mean, their conference losses so far have been Santa Clara and San Diego. Not the best in the conference. They're kind of just sitting there in that middle, but still solid teams. But I don't see San Francisco winning this game. I see them putting up a fight for maybe 30, 30 minutes. They put up a decent fight, but then Drew Timmy takes over and just man in his 78th year of college is going to put him down. (laughs) But uh, It's probably going to be something like Gonzaga 80, San Francisco 62. I think 62 is solid. I think 62 is solid too. Maybe a little bit higher, like 64, but not not much from from there. Another pick them up on the slate. No real true breakdown for it. North Texas at Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State has had a great turnaround. Two years ago, they were worst team in the conference by far. They won, I want to say, two games, which is real rough. But then last year, they turned it around. They turned it around a whole lot. They go 26-11. and 11. 13 and 5 in the conference comes second overall in the conference. They had the coach of the year of the conference. He was able to turn that program around. And I think it says a lot about them. But that 2021 oh. season, they go 5 and 18. Yeah. I mean, albeit from the current records they've had now, I, I completely agree that Middle Tennessee has definitely turned their program around, um, just like a bunch of other CUSA teams here. Though I don't see them being able to beat North Texas. They weren't able to do it last year, and I don't see them being able to do it this year. And so I'm going to go be, North Texas. It'll be a fight um, if – if they find some rally in their offense to push against the brick wall, that is the UNT defense. Um, you could, po- you could possibly see some close game, but you know, the UNT just has to keep doing what they're doing. Just keep a consistent defense and then just kind of gives a push to their offense to score some, some points. Just taking a quick look at the Middle Tennessee uh, theme nights they have. They're playing North Texas on local hero slash campus night. I don't think anyone on that campus will be a hero. But they've got they've got some fun ones in here. We've got Sweet Steel Night. Don't know what they did there. They've also had Elvis Night. That sounds Elvis. like a blast against the that Maryville Scots. Fun. Then coming up, they play UAB on the six-man night, which will be their blackout jerseys. It's going to be a sad way to introduce the blackout jerseys. (laughs) And then following that up, they have Jimmy Buffett night against Charlotte. To be a fly on the wall for that game in Murfreesboro, (laughs) I got to know what happens at Jimmy Buffett night. And then following it up, they've got 
FSL night slash Mardi Gras against UTEP, and then Black History slash Legends night against UTSA. And then Ladies Night against Florida Atlantic, February 16th. What does is, what is that even, what does that imply? I don't know. Are only women allowed to go to that game? I think there, there's got to be some, like, promotion. Like, ladies get in free, like they do at the bar. I think, I think that's what they're going for. Get people in there in Murfreesboro at the Murphy Center. At the Murphy Center. And then that's that's about it for their theme nights. But I, I just saw those and I thought I had to mention their theme nights because those sounded real fun. And then I mean, college. if I was a college that did Jimmy Buffett night and ladies night and uh, their you know blackout night, I think I would agree. At least they, at least they keep their games interesting in some they, way, shape or form. Yeah, like North Texas theme nights this year, they they're still they still got neon the neon game which that's going to be something don't know how well that's going to be lots of shades of ugly neon green i predict (laughs) (laughs) not a fan of neon so it's gonna gonna hurt they also had pajama night they got western night coming up soon they've got they've got some themes going but nowhere near as cool as Jimmy Buffett night. Now Jimmy Buffett night. If you're not handed a margarita as you walk through that door, I don't want to be there. <laughs> Granted, I don't. I got a. I got a dream. Anyway, I got a dream combination for you. Thinking about that, Jimmy Buffett night, but it's at the Dome of Doom. The Dome of Doom, sponsored by Jimmy Buffett. The margaritas are flowing, the Hawaiian shirts are on, and Doom is raining down from the ceiling. It's a dream I wish I could see. Transitioning away from that, I think North Texas, probably 75, WKU, 68. Keep it close. Uh, I'm going to go with the score they had last year. Uh, UNT 65 or 66 and WKU 60. Solid, solid. I think it's going to be a fight. There was almost a fight in the student section last year when um, the Blue Raiders came to Denton after their players threw water bottles into the stands. Not very fun. So I definitely think it'll be a heated game because you have two really good coaches going at each other. Yeah. Going off away from that, we go back up to the Power Six. With the Big East, we got Creighton at UConn. UConn, legit? Not legit? What do you think? I think this is a a tale of just two different teams and, you know, their experience within kind of the top in this Power Six. Um, Creighton was expected at the, the beginning of the season to be kind of a top team. They're ranked seven, I believe, at the start. And since then, they just kind of lost their touch. They've had some pretty bad losses to Nebraska and Arizona State and Marquette, which they are all pretty decent teams. I would say Nebraska would kind of be the nail in the coffin. Um, But with how their season's been going so far, I think – Right now, they're just trying to fight their way back into some kind of spotlight. UConn, on the other hand, um, has just been completely dominant. Um, their first loss to Xavier 
just just recently, but since then they've just seen um, just no contention at all. Their games are exciting. Their offense is exciting. And I, I really think this can go either way. It depends on if Creighton can do some rallying on their part and pull off an upset. Um, but I still think college basketball will take its course, and I still think UConn will take the victory here. Going off what you said about preseason rankings, Creighton, number nine, with UConn nowhere to be found on the list. So they've definitely switched trajectories Yeah, since, since the initial top 25 came out. But I think UConn's got the chance. They're rarely talked about in the same conversation as their women's basketball team over the past couple of years, just because their women's team consistently one of the best programs in women's college yeah. basketball. So it's good to see that their men's team is on that same level again this year. Cause last time I can think of UConn being relevant in college basketball is the Kimball Walker years when he won arguably the ugliest, <laughs> the ugliest national title in a long time. But I think UConn's offense is great. I think they're going to be explosive. Before this game, they do have a game against Providence, which I see them very easily handling Providence. Yep. Just buff up their stats a little bit more, making this game for Creighton a bit scarier. Um, So my prediction, I have 85 to 78 for UConn. Oh, that was my phone. Uh, probably probably saying about the same thing. UConn going to put them down. They're playing in stores. Stores is a is a fun place to play in Connecticut. So, and I definitely think this is going to be a offensive type game. And you know, with their players like Jay Hawkins and Asanogo averaging plus fifteen points, they do have some powerhouses that you just can't ignore. I will say a, a game to watch out for in the coming month is. Yukon at DePaul with their brand, their new, their new mascot of that creepy looking demon after that rebrand. New mascot? Uh, they I want to say that they they rebranded their their demon to look much more intimidating. Because he looks he looks interesting for sure. Oh. Yeah, you just saw him. Is it is it the one I'm looking at on the front page? Yes. Yes, that's certainly something. His name is Dibs. Dibs, Dibs. demon in a blue suit. He was originally yes. named Billy. <laughs> I see. Well, at least at least the name got a little bit better. The Billy. I don't know where they came up with Billy. I don't know. Um. But dibs, I like dibs. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it's a start trying to look like their logo. Their logo looks menacing. It, um, it's a good logo. That's a good, like the, the shades of red in there kind of make it pop and make it a little more intimidating. Maybe if they got red eyes instead of just the, the goofy normal ones. He's got, some, he's got some red eyes. Or are you talking about on the, on the actual mascot? On the actual mascot, because oh, right now menacing it, red eyes would make him look better. Yeah, he looks like a Muppet right now, <laughs> in, in my opinion. 
He does have some Muppet qualities to him, but same picks for this game. I think it'll be a good one. And with that, that is the slate for Thursday and Saturday of this week. But we're not done yet because we have our top 15 of the week. And this top 15 category is the most entertaining teams to watch. Looking at both our lists, there's some overlap. And there's also some, some fun standouts. So I'll, I'll take it away first. Number 15, New Mexico Lobos. They're fun to watch. It's hard to deny. Next one, 14, is North Texas, which is not fun for people who don't like North Texas, but they're fun for me to watch. They play that grind you into dust basketball that's just not around anymore. If, but I think if it's you fun can't really if you can't really do anything offensively against them, it's going to be torturous. It is a you, torturous game to go up against a really slow offense, but can be consistent in a lot of parts of the game. Yeah. Next up, no surprise, Gonzaga. Mainly for Drew Timmy, Texas man right there. He's just fun to watch. <laughs> Earl Roberts at 12. I still, I still find some time to watch their games if they're on, and I got nothing else better to do. Sleeper pick coming up at 11, Kent State. The Golden Flashes are fun. It's Mac. It's great. Love to see it. 10, FAU. They're fun. They're fast. Flag gold. They have a much fun to watch. better, much better, much more explosive team than they had last year. Um, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Number nine, we got James Madison. They blow people out of the water consistently. Their blowouts are fun. They're that first like opening couple games of college basketball when they were putting up 120 and the other team had 19. I think that was just so funny. They just, somebody just had was absolutely playing, no mercy. Somebody was playing NCAA basketball 2010 against a dead controller that just happened to get a couple lucky shots off. <laughs> Eight UAB. Same reasons for FAU, JMU. They tend to blow teams out. Jelly Walker is really fun to watch when it, not playing against North Texas. And KJ Buffin's fun. He's a solid big man. Got a lot going for him. Number seven, we got Michigan State. Tom Izzo, fun coach. His Christmas sweaters during the holiday season made the Michigan State games worth watching just for what he was going to wear. Number six, we got and, Texas Tech. Oh, you got something on Tom? Is yeah, I like State? to. Yeah, I like to point out that they also played a game with Gonzaga on a aircraft carrier. Um, so if the that aircraft carrier game. I'm on the list. I I don't know what what does. It's because the it's, only it's, thing it's that on would have made boat. it better. Yeah, the only thing that would have made it better. Put the boat in the water. But add some. Uh, do it as an the exhibition. Boat not in the water. No, the, the boat not, not in water. It's not what? in water. Now the boat's what? Just that thing on the ground. Sailing. We got to have a game on like a cruise ship next year. I think that would have be it be like an exhibition preseason tournament kind of thing. Put in put in some like some low some low major conferences in there. Maybe throw in some Mac. Just add add a little a lot of little spice to it. Give some advantage that you're not prepared for since you're slit, like swashing around up there. I think it'd make it fun to watch. I'd yeah, watch it and do it. And do it in the Bahamas, like right when the Bahamas Bowl is around there. So you get this whole Bahamas bonanza. 
<laughs> we don't need the, the Bahamas tournaments anymore. We want Bahamas on the boat tournament. Bahamas bonanza. Just keep that in mind. The Bah just watch out for that coming in 2089 when we figure out how to make <laughs> the boat stay in the water without rocking. Then <laughs> at six, I've got Texas Tech. Big 12, one of the hardest schedules in basketball, I would say. There's not an easy game for any team. You got the, the Big 12s all over the place. They're fun to watch. I like watching Big 12 basketball. The Oklahoma-Texas game from the last weekend, solid game. Solid. No biter in Norman. like to see it. Number five, got Houston. There's not a lot that needs to be said. They're Houston. The Cougs are consistently one of the top 10 basketball programs in the country and i don't see that changing anytime soon and they're again fun to watch they put on nail biters even when they shouldn't but they always pull them out number three no nah, number four the yukon huskies for many of the reasons i mentioned earlier they're fun i love the state of connecticut go huskies number three sleeper pick here coming out of nowhere the sam Houston. State basketball team. Again, they are a team that's turned their entire season around from last year. They were they were okay last year. The year before, it was about the same, kind of send that mediocrity level. But this year, they're one of the top like major programs there is. Do they have a chance in an at-large? Maybe, if they run the table throughout their conference. I think they have a solid chance. But I don't see them getting in to the tournament without winning the uh, conference tournament. And I mean, the Southland conference, not yeah. terrible, but getting an at-large bid out of the, out of the Southland conference is not great, but they are moving to conference USA, which will greatly help them yeah. in basketball standings. Once they make that transition, a lot of the big hitters in the conference are moving to the American. You're still retaining Western Kentucky, you're still like keeping Middle Tennessee. So you got yeah. two solids there. You got Charlotte is not staying, but they were on the rise. They're on the rise this year. Where are they but moving to? They moving they're also to moving to the American. No, they're going to the oh, American with us. They're one, of, they're one of the six. Yeah, it's a, they're one of the surprise choices in that move. You also have UTEP staying in Conference USA, which I think is good for them. I think they'll flourish I, in I a agree. new conference. And plus you get New Mexico State and UTEP every year, which is always fun. <laughs> Number two, the Texas Longhorns. I'm normally not a big fan of the University of Texas, but something about the Moody Center, their new atmosphere, minus what happened with Chris Beard, which not great at all. The team is still fun to watch. And then number one, St. Mary's. They're explosive. They're giving Gonzaga. I, I they'll give Gonzaga a run for their money again in the Western uh the West Coast Conference. Mm -hmm. So that's that's my top 15 most entertaining teams. What do you got up for us? Um, I got something relatively the same, but mine are more on kind of the big teams. Um for 15, I got UNT. Um, I have to add a little bit of bias here, like Colby did. Um, you know, they're super fun to watch, um, when they can get some good nail biters in, um, 
you just kind of had that have that suspense for like 15 seconds and then you get an explosive last five seconds on the shot clock. Um, 14, I'm going to have to put UAB just because they're just a little bit faster. You know, Jelly Walker is just doing Jelly Walker stuff. Um, just a super talented, explosive player. Um, I also went with Gonzaga at 13. Um, so not really much of a difference there. Number 12, I did Pitt. And mainly because Pitt has been on the rise with their last couple wins and their last couple upsets. Uh, most recently, they beat Virginia. And they've also beaten North Carolina, albeit North Carolina not having the season they want to have. But it's always nice to see a team that doesn't really get much attention in basketball, um, you know, finally get some, uh, finally create some chaos within the top here. They have some yeah. pretty interesting games coming up, um, especially one against Duke, which that'll be one to watch. I definitely um, think Pitt has a solid chance to be one of those dark horse candidates out of yeah. the ACC. If not able to get the at-large, I think they could maybe win the ACC tournament. And I think that'd be real big for Pitt. Like their football program had that run last year with Kenny Pickett. It Pickett. Put them more into the public eye, but I think having a solid basketball program is going to help them a lot, especially with the yeah. ACC always contending. All right. Uh, at 11, I also put um, James Madison just because, you know, their blowout potential. It's been – those first two weeks have probably been the funniest moments of basketball I've ever seen in my life. Just, just to have a team like James Madison who had some good runs in football just – absolutely crush and dominate teams with no mercy whatsoever. I think that's really funny. Um, for 10, I have Xavier just because they're also on the rise like Pitt, especially with the upset over UConn. Uh, number nine, I have Purdue and kind of these nine and eight Purdue and Alabama just kind of go together. They've just been two really consistent teams so far. Um, I'll be Alabama coming off with a loss, I believe. I want to say they no, lost. No, a win. No, it was a win against all Miss. Yeah, they've just been super consistent, 12 and 2. Um, so I do I have some them together. heartbreaking news about the James Madison Dukes. They are yes. ineligible for the March Madness tournament no. this year. Because they just moved up as well. They, Man, they, they must moved be so up. pissed. They must be so pissed. Like, they weren't eligible for a bowl game either this year. Oh, I'm a suck for them. Um, I guess they'll just have fun with their own basketball program then. Kind of do whatever they, they can this season. Uh, for number seven, I put West Virginia. Um just because I love them seeing beat the absolute crap out of UAB. And they're also on the rise with some pretty good wins. And I expect them to kind of remain right outside the top 25, maybe get in there a couple more times. I do think that new athletic director, Ren Baker, will definitely help out with that, knowing his passion for basketball and what he's done at previous schools. So. For number six, I specifically... I'm going to put the K-State 
and Texas game um, and, and just both teams because, you know, originally I just had K-State, but I can't ignore um, the team Texas has either. Um, that game was crazy in the fact that it didn't go into overtime and they both scored over 100 points in just regulation. Um, it was just nuts. And it was such a State, fun game to watch. Hanging 116 on Texas is wild. It's wild. It not being a blowout, there was no defense played that game. <laughs> uh, I should expect them to be in the top 25 now, especially with their last win against West Virginia. Um, so just some really fun teams that I found making some upsets on each other that are just keeping the game alive. Uh, at number five, I have UConn, kind of the same reasons Colby has. They've just been a, such a good, consistent team. I really hope they take that number one spot from Badu someday because um, it's very possible for them to do that. Um, number four, I have Texas Tech. Um just creating some noise in the Big 12 like they did last year. And I really hope they make some kind of run like they did uh, last year and they get far in the tournament. Uh, number three, I have Rutgers um, because uh, you just can't. <laughs> Got to count out Rutgers. I couldn't ignore them for the kind of upsets they just pull out of nowhere at their stadium. For top 25 teams, it's just impossible to win at their stadium. And you see it time to time again. And so whenever a team goes up against Rutgers at their home field, you just have to watch kind of the chaos ensue. Hopefully they become a bubble team like they did last year. Uh, I really hope to see them actually make some noise in the dance this year. Uh, I'm secretly rooting for them. And then number two and one, I'm going to put together with Arizona at two and Kansas at one. Um, again, like Texas, like K-State, like UConn, like Purdue, they've always been super consistent winning teams. Um, the only difference is Kansas has some more exciting games. Um, one against Texas Tech. Oklahoma State was a great game. There's these super, um, super meta-defined games that are either really, really close or just, you know, having kind of a safe lead. Um, they're always a great team to watch just like just dominate and just play some basketball. Same with Arizona. They've also been on the rise. Um, I really like how they've risen into the top five and hopefully they kind of continue that legacy which they had last year i will say i do love me some pac-12 basketball <laughs> when i used to work at panera and i'd come home late turn on the tv always a good old pac-12 game to watch regardless of who it was also i have to put in an honorable mention for the most entertaining teams to watch not really a team more of an entity leland you probably know where this is going the dome of doom the dome of honorable, <laughs> most entertaining team to watch. Just the dome itself. No relation to Wyoming. Just the dome. Love the dome. Just, just the dome. Just the dome. It's 
it's the dome. You can't count against the dome to I mean, pull you, a game I, out. I mean, I have to say I do like the colors of the dome. All right. So, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you here on the dome with doom, but that's just that's super interesting how you just like the dome I, without liking Wyoming. It's the it's the name. It's <laughs> I could care less about the Wyoming program, but the dome of doom specifically carries my level of enjoyment of Wyoming from nothing to so much. <laughs> if they could get the rights to have a Doctor Doom night in the Dome of Doom, be phenomenal. Will it happen? Absolutely not. Should it? It most definitely should. <laughs> but that has that has been our our breakdown for the the CNL show. I will be back this weekend to recap everything since Leland will be unavailable. So I'll just do yep. a quick breakdown of how our picks went and. Give a little insight what's going on the next week. Well, Hopefully I did listening. relatively well. Yeah. <laughs> Minus the Rutgers pick, but yeah. Okay, you can you can hate all you want. I'm going to hate on Rutgers as long as I can I'm, in the entire state of New Jersey. I am the voice for the avid, average basketball fan. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. Come back soon. All right. Just kidding. We're back for more because Leland has backtracked on his Brock Purdy opinion. Yeah, I just I just want to make this clear. Um, the Brock Purdy thing I did at the start of this podcast was a big mistake. Uh, I was in the moment, and I would like to change that. I think uh, I missed out on some great games like Bottlegate and uh, the Blackout Bowl. As well as the the twenty eight to three, I think those are some better moments. So I mean, this will be in in the post edit. I just wanted to to put this note in here. Don't listen to the opinions that I had at the start of the podcast because they were not good. All right, thank you. You're gonna turn so many people off right at the beginning, saying this man likes the Brock Purdy game more than everything else in Niners history. In it was history. in the mo- it was in the moment. I had I my mind went completely blank and I just thought of the most recent thing I was thinking about in football. I am okay. So, I right. completely missed Bottlegate. I completely missed all the, the fun winter games and the, the blackout ball. I can't forget the blackout ball. I'm surprised you didn't bring up 10 to 7 and the uh, NFC title uh NFC divisional game last year I, in lambo yeah, in the in the snow that's hey, the, right the you guys won. had you guys had terrible special teams we just had a terrible game that entire that entire game it but was the snowing special teams were were especially fun to watch yeah well there's there's leland's note on brock purdy thanks again for listening <laughs>